I believe it is the chapter one, Miraculous, Marriage and the Miraculous. I want to look a little bit about this and of course one of the highlights of the scripture is, is marriages and the Bible is full of all different kinds of couples and people and circumstances and situations. But you know, one of the, one of the things about the Bible is that the Bible is very real about lives of people. He, he sees people like Peter who, though he had an inside scoop to the Lord and one was one of the top three that he had the ability to make some disastrous decisions, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, not claiming he knew the Lord and, you know, fish going back to the old, uh, going back to the old nets of fishing and all that. And of course we see in the Bible also the, the Jacobs and the Rachels. You see the Abrahams and the Sarahs. You, and you've seen all the, different types of people and marriages and men and women. And one of the underlining thing is, is that what God can do, not just through a perfect couple, because I don't think there is absolutely any perfect couple on the planet, but a couple that has, that has made a decision to stay married, to stay saved, God can do some miraculous things through through their life and let's look here i want to read from first samuel marriage and the miraculous and from first samuel chapter one starting with verse one it says these words now there was a certain man of ramazophan of mount ephraim his name was elkanah the son of joram the son of elihu the son of tohu the son of zup and Ephratite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, the name of the other was Penaniah, and Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, they were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penaniah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions, but unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as she did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore Hannah wept and did not eat, and said, Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why are you crying, and why aren't you eating, and why is thy heart sad? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? Amen. Let's pray, God. Lord, I pray, God, right now, by the power of your blood, God, Lord, your anointing will be upon the message. Your anointing be upon the messenger, God. Touch, God. Help us, God. We give you thanks for all that you're doing, uh, God, help marriages, help lives, help men, women, and future, God, uh, wives and husbands. In the name of Jesus, we pray, uh, amen um, and amen. I want to first begin to examine with you, amen. Now, why do, uh, 
Why do people get married? Amen. That's a, why do people get married in the first place? And of course, marriage has been as old and as round from the Old Testament, Adam and Eve, and all the way through, there was always uh, people, uh, marriage, uh, giving in marriage, amen, having kids. Some of them in the Old Testament, there are whole chapters that tell of people that this guy married that girl that had kids and they died. That couple, that man married, had kids and died. It talked about long years of lineage of people that over the centuries they have made that decision to tie the knot to tie their cause to a man, tie their cause to a, another woman. And why? Why do people marry? And of course, one of the Good reasons is, amen, for it is biblical, amen. It's not, how many know it's not biblical to shack up? Amen. Shacking up is where you are just living with somebody and you are not legally married. That is, a, that is not a biblical, that is not a biblical marriage, amen. Not um, Matthew 19, 5, for this cause, uh, a man shall leave father uh, and um, Mother, amen, to marry, amen. You break off, you, uh, mom and dad are still there, but, uh, you know, the mom and dad are no longer are going to have the say. When you get married, it is very, very important that you, you know, that you understand that. When I, when I got married, I had parents, and of course, you know, before I got married, I was, you know, I was many times, uh, I would financially help them. I would financially do lots of things as a single guy. But, you know, once I got married, I had to tell some of my family members, hey, look, uh, I can no longer do this any longer. Amen. You're going to have to get a job. You're going to have to provide for yourself. I, I now have a wife. And, of course, very quickly, I had a child of on the way and then another child on the way so I uh, me being working and my wife not working for many years of our uh, uh, of our marriage uh, uh, things were things were very tight and I had to I had to tell mom and dad and I, I remember mom and dad sometimes telling me hey look uh, hey uh, I brought you in don't the Bible says that you should honor your parents how I many no parents know that scripture don't they you're not honoring your parents yeah but Mom and dad also, uh, you know, the, the Bible says, you know, that for this cause, when you get married, a man should leave father and mother and cleave unto his wife, meaning that my most important thing when you get married is not my mom and dad. They are, they are there, and, and like I said, my wife has a mother and a father. We have done what we can, but the priority now shifts when you leave the house and you, you make that, you jump over and you... Uh, make that commitment to another person. Of course, uh, you know, John 4, 16 and 7, Jesus is, Jesus is at the well. And of course, you know, shacking up is something that's not new. Even during Jesus' day, there were people that were shacking up. Uh, Jesus is at the well. As he's at the well, uh, here comes a woman uh, and to draw some water for her. And her man to take back to the city as he's there. He gets into a conversation with this woman. As he gets into a conversation with this woman, uh, all of a sudden Jesus uh, says the words uh, to this woman, Go, uh, John 4, 16, go call thy husband and come here. 
And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, you have well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five, and, uh, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. Meaning that, uh, you know, she, she was on her fifth relationship now, and I guess she had made a decision, no, no, I'm not going to marry this one. I'm just going to, we're just going to shack up together. And of course, uh, you know, Jesus understood that, understood what was going on behind the scenes even before she opened up her mouth. But, but Jesus is making a point here, and that is just because you are living with somebody, uh, unless you are legally and contractually and governmentally recognized as being married, you uh, are not uh, legally married in the eyes of uh, God. And of course, uh, Jesus is bringing out that truth for you and I to see uh, in our generation because lots of people, oh, no, no, I don't want to get married because, you know, I have a easy out. Uh, if I legally, if I stay uh, below seven years and don't legally marry, if this thing don't work out, I can go, all right? And of course, uh, we understand that the, that you know, people that uh, stay married that, and, and say, I do, it is a room with no doors or windows. You're not going to get out of it. Amen. You're going to have to work through to make that marriage work. If there's no contract, if there's no penalty, amen, you'll just run from one woman to one man to this one to that one other, and you'll have 15 kids all over the planet that you can no way of. Uh, supply and meet their needs for uh, because uh, there wouldn't be enough money in the planet to do that. Amen. So it's biblical. Sometimes it's why people get married is because it's biblical. They get married many times because, you know, they, and which is a good thing, is to give ourselves uh, to serve somebody else. Amen. Uh, Mark Twain. He was in Utah, which Utah in America is a big, uh, a big uh, state in America that allows polygamy, meaning the marriage of two, of two, of a man with, to more than one woman. And of course, Mark Twain was there lecturing at a college, and the one of his Mormon acquaintances, friends, was always arguing with him on the subject of polygamy, meaning multiple wives. And after a long and rather heated debate, the Mormon finally said, can you find for me a single passage of scripture which forbids polygamy? Certainly, replied Mark Twain, no man can serve two masters. <laughs> and of course, Twain was... <laughs> uh, he was, uh, he was joking. There's a lot of scriptures that deal with, uh, deal with that. But hey, uh, uh, he wanted to cool the situation down. So just threw that, uh, threw, that, threw that out there. Amen. But you know, there are some good reasons to get married. But there are some times why people get married. There are which causes lots of heartache after they get married. Because some people, they get married with false notions in their mind on what marriage is all about. And, and of course, if you have any false expectations, if you have made a decision, oh no, this marriage is till death do us part, and you are not a chemist or a poison dealer, amen, meaning you're not gonna, uh, you will, even these false expectations you have will be worked out um, over time. And, I, and so 
Many people, you know, uh, girls sometimes, you know, they get married. Why? Because they just want to get out of the house. How many know that's a get out of the house? I just want to get out of, of the house and, and go on. Some people uh, get married, uh, and this is usually sometimes men that take up this, is that they need someone to cook and clean for them. Yeah, they, they need someone to be their mama, baby them. Uh, Mervyn's tapping Winton here. Winton's looking over here. I don't know what's happening here, who's uh, been talking here, but Winton, he wants a mama, not a wife. I, is that what this means, Mervyn? Amen. <laughs> But they want somebody, you know, they want somebody to just baby them and do their laundry for them, clean for them, amen. They want somebody that's just going to be there to listen to all their complaints that they have from work, from life, from uh, road rage, from traffic. Uh, they just want somebody to listen to. Some people get married uh, uh, because they think it's unlimited sex, and that's all I'm going to say in this mixed environment. You know, as you talk about sex and people just go, whew. And all the nervous giggles go, amen. <laughs> you know, some people, you know, some people want happiness. And they think that if they get married, that somehow marriage is that golden key that's going to make them happy. Can I tell you something? If you're not happy before you get married, you won't be happy after you get married. Marriage is going to bring, it will add some dimensions, it will add some great things to your life. But, uh, and to think that marriage is the factor, the a happy factor that you are missing. No, no, no. I want to tell you, you're going to just be the same person, but just instead of just irritating yourself, you're going to irritate somebody else now also. So if you're looking for happiness, amen, find Jesus, find your place in the kingdom of God, be happy as a single man, a single woman, and then be happy with the fact that you are saved and serving God. Then, amen, when that's all worked out within your soul, then get married. But some people think, and people I've said across deaths from people say, Pastor, I thought marriage was going to give me that missing element of life. I said, well, you... Now you're dealing with a false expectation, and it hasn't, so now what are you going to do? And, of course, you have to, at this point, uh, there are going to be, uh, you're going to have to work through this. Here in our text, very interesting, because we don't know the reason that, you know, you know Elkanah and Hannah married. They don't give it, you know, they, you know it, it was just a thing to do, but... I want to talk about breakdowns in marriage because breakdowns in marriage happen either for the man or the woman when the marriage does not give you what you want. And I want to tell you, 
When you get married and all of a sudden, you know, down the road of life, whether it's six months, whether it's one year, whether it's seven, eight years down the road of life, and all of a sudden, that which you have gotten married for, that which you are searching for, and now that marriage relationship, it is not giving you what um, you want. Um, it is what you do at that time that is very, very critical uh, in life because uh, usually, you know, when there's problems in the marriage with him or her, you know, they, you know, and of course when, because she's not getting something out of the marriage that she wants to get out of the marriage, he's not getting out of the marriage what he thinks she can get out of the marriage. And usually a couple can deal with those problems for six months, a year, sometimes two or three years. But when they're something they want out of a marriage and they're not getting it, it is going to come to a place, an explosion. And, and you know, if you got a pastor that, uh, they, uh, you know, that's good because you can go to him and lay out what's going on and have things that work out. But here is the problem. And why most breakdowns in marriage happen is because one or the other is not getting them what they want. Think about Elkanah here, the man. He has come to a place in his marriage to Hannah that he is not getting what he wants out of this marriage. Every man marries a woman for lots of factors, but one of the factors they marry her for is that they want children. You know, they want to have kids, and of course those kids will go on to have kids, grandkids, and natural thing a man gets married to a woman not to go go babyless not to go kidless for the rest of their life and so of course uh, uh, down the road of life uh, you know the uh, commentators they are uh, they don't know maybe there's a uh, seven to ten years down the life all of a sudden you know Elka, Elkanah and Hannah Hannah is still not pregnant uh, uh, the other wife is full of uh, uh, kids running around but Hannah now no no years of being navigating this years of to make age that he has into or he has given himself to it is not giving him something um, that he wanted he wanted children but Hannah could not uh, deliver and here is when trouble can start even with, with him or her is how you react uh, when your marriage is not giving you what you want and I want to tell you it is uh, you can learn a great lesson from these two Alkin and Hannah because it's amazing to me uh, that even though Elkanah wasn't getting from the marriage to Hannah what he wanted, he wasn't screaming at her, he wasn't downgrading her, he wasn't, you don't see in our text that he is, what's wrong with you? My mama told me I should have not have married you. I, I knew I should have married that other girl from the other side of town. What is, you are messed up and yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, we don't see him. His response when marriage is not giving him what he wants, 
is not, you know, irritation and downgrading and get physical and wanted to toss her out the window and, you know, and, uh, but it's amazing to me that when his marriage is not giving him what he wants, he is speaking kind words and his actions are very kind in spite that he is actually being robbed in this marriage to her because she can't give him something he wants. But he gives her, you can look at this, he gives her a double portion. He doesn't say, oh, well, since you're not the wife that I thought you were going to be, uh, here is a little bit. No, he gives her a double portion, the Bible says. He says to her when she's down and out, hey, look, uh, I know you're sad and sorry, Hannah, that you cannot give me this, uh, but why are you crying? Why are you not eating? Uh, am not I better than ten sons? And so here is a great response, uh, but many times uh, we are we are not the spiritual caliber that Elkanah is, uh, usually us when we come to places where uh, like this in our marriage where we're not getting uh, what we want uh, usually we start digging we start mouthing we start giving uh, putting actions into play that uh, that is going to turn your home into an absolute inferno of chaos so i guess the key is in life huh? When your marriage comes to a place where it's not giving you what you want, um, watch your words, watch your actions. Even Hannah, you know, we don't see Hannah rising up. No, I'm not the problem. You're the problem, Mr. Elkanah. Amen. You're the problem. How dare you? Amen. You're the one. Hey Amen. You're the one that's lacking here in this marriage. You're the one that you just can't do your part. But we, you know, we don't see that. We see that, of course, she wants to have kids. He wants her to have kids. And this could be a, an absolute perfect chapter in any book where they can go to uh, just being at one another's throats uh, for a long time. And I think that the keys, because... All of us sometimes will go through chapters and stages and things of our life where things are not happening like we want. But I think that the, one of the keys is in that chapter, in that stage of time, is that kind words and actions need to be greatly put into play when something is missing. How many can say amen to that? Oh, Pastor, why couldn't you preach on evangelism tonight? Why are you going to preach on this? <laughs> See, one of the reality is, you know, we don't see, you know, the Elkanah and Hannah going at it in a fight. But and the reality is, in marriages, you are going to fight. I was asking Sipo if him and his bungie were fighting. And they said, they're not fighting. I said, I don't think I can marry somebody that 
is not fighting. How many know it's natural? I've had people, you know, tell me, oh, no, pastor, we never fight. Either you're a liar or that man is henpecked. You know, all marriages, you're, you're going to fight. I mean, people that say they never fight with their mate, I'm going, no, that ain't right. Sometimes I've preached sermons to get men to fight. <laughs> hey, man, how many know what I'm talking about? I know, I mean, uh, that's a sermon for another time. We might have to preach that one here. Amen. But the reality is, um, you are going to fight. That's, and fighting is not, not sin. There's going to be lots of disagreements. All right. But, you know, you have to, you have to learn that there are certain lines in fighting that you do not cross. How many, how many can say amen? Most of us come through, come through family upbringing that mom and dad had gotten such a bad fight that it escalated where mom's throwing dishes and dad slaps mom. Because that's the generation we live in. I mean, South Africa, I mean, I've seen couples from our church that kind of were having spiritual problems, but they're down in extension seven and uh, she is slapping him, he's cussing her, and they're in the middle of the street. How many know there's a line that you don't cross? You can fight, yes, but you don't throw things. You don't throw knives. Amen. Some of you couples should not own a gun. Because when you get nervous around the trigger, your, your finger might go pow. Oh, well, it was an accident. I didn't mean to kill him, but he's dead. <laughs> but you, you, you just don't slap. I know mom and dad used to slap one another. I know the next door neighbors when, they, you, know, and, you know, as a kid, you know, we used to have these family that were two doors down. When they got in a fight, us kids loved it. It was like theater. We get out the popcorn. Let's see what he does to her today and let's see what she does to him. I mean, we would, uh, we would sit there as kids, you know, seven, eight years old, you know, I'm, uh, this is tales from my neighborhood, you know, and, and we can tell, you know, the man come in slamming the car door, you know, and he comes in slamming the door and, 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 and me and my friends were listening and says, let's see how she responds. And she responds with a lifted voice. We say, we'd give each other a high five. We're going to have a good time tonight. Amen. And it would always be, they would be slamming doors, uh, amen. Then usually the three kids would run out of the house and run down the street to the store because mom and dad were going to go out. We would just set two doors down there on our front porch, acting like we didn't hear or see nothing, only to see them tear, break windows, uh, break. Uh, he, she would throw his stuff out in the street. Uh, she uh, would take a knife uh, and cut his leather coat. Uh, amen. Uh, he would take something uh, and spray paint. on. I mean, uh, I mean, sometimes uh, uh, from one to ten, uh, sometimes uh, they were we, six being the uh, ten being the worst fight. We'd get a five or a six fight. But there were sometimes, amen, the fights went to 11 or 12 where the police had to show up and haul them both off to jail. 
And how many know now? That's what I was raised around, seeing this couple down the street. And of course, my parents, they, they had no problem slapping one another. Yeah, I've, been, I've been trying to talk my mama into coming here. My mama's a, a southern gal that is, she is tough. She'd slap any one of us. I mean, she'd been married seven times, and some of those men, I mean, she could beat up. And they were pretty tough guys. My mom could make it in South Africa. I could, I could throw her in Freedom Park, amen, with a 10 rand, 10 rand note, and she'd make it, make it back to my house over in Rudaport, no problem. But some of us were raised around where it's all right, but how many know you physically slapping people is getting physical is not, is not what you do. How many know I'm talking about? Now, as pastor goes on and close, you know, one of the critical things that, that, that Elkanah and Hannah did, not only did they watch their words and actions, but through this missing thing, this marriage that wasn't giving them what they wanted, both of them stayed married. Both of them stayed in church. You know, most couples, you know, when they go through that area, they say, no, nah, no, nah, forget church, forget staying married. What's the use? Well, you're going to see what's the use here in a minute. But the people that stay married and people that keep a relationship with I want to tell you, the God of all creation can do wonderful things. Here in our text. And here's the great thing about God. God is willing to help marriages that are missing something. Here is Elkin and Hannah. They are missing something in their marriage. There's something in their marriage that neither one of them could fix. Sometimes there are things that a man, men are doing or sometimes wives are doing things that they can change. And there are some things that you can change as a person to make your marriage work out better. But there are some things that neither you or her can change. And it's going to take a work of God to get, it, to get this thing fixed. And I've been pastoring long enough to see that there are some marriages that I could not do anything about. That my only prayer for them is, says, God, if they will stay married, if they'll stay saved and keep coming to church, God, you can put something in a marriage that is missing. You can fix this. And that neither one of them have been able to fix See, they wanted a child. Neither one of them could fix this. Zachariah and Elizabeth, they had a child, but they couldn't fix that. And you know, it had to cause them some grievance as they got old and no kids, no grandkids, no. But like Zachariah and Elizabeth, Elkanah and Hannah, they stayed in church. We pick up our text with. Elkanah, he's still in the temple, still giving offerings. We see Hannah is still at church. She's still praying, even though they're speaking kind words, having uh, right actions towards one another during this period of their life. But as they are staying saved, staying married, and staying in church, God 
was able to fix something that neither one of them could fix. And as a pastor, I always like to say, you know, that, well, I got great counseling abilities, but there are some things I can fix, but there are some things I can say, God, if you don't move, there's... Uh, but the thing over the years of pastoring is what I couldn't help fix and what I knew was going to take God as that couple. I've seen the most rancorous, fighting couples that I thought, man, this, this is never going to work. This couple is going to be a postcard of people that get married and within seven years they are done. But as they stayed married and as they kept coming to church, the miracle of all miracles, as time began to go on, this couple started holding hands. This couple started loving one another. This, they, they became the happiest couple I have ever seen. And I would like to be able to say that it was my counseling that brought that. But I got to the end of it. I couldn't do nothing. But there was, there was a God in heaven that loves to fix things and help couples that are missing something. And as Elkin and Hannah just kept in the temple, they kept in the church, they kept serving God, that thing that neither one of them could do anything about, God fixed it for them. And of course, Hannah ended up getting pregnant. And the thing that nobody could fix but God... God came to the rescue of a couple that was missing something. And see, that's why it's so important to stay married. I know I, uh, I keep mentioning this, and I, and, I, and I do mention on the other that there are reasons, you know, you, you know, adulterous and getting beat all the time. No woman, no man has to take that stuff. But the miracle has happened not only in my own life, but in, in the Bible that this couple, they gave God enough time. They stayed in church. They kept a, a right relationship with God. And that part of their life that was missing, part of their marriage that could have drove them crazy and drove them to break up, God fixed what only he could fix. And I want to tell you, Though marriage is tough, marriage is challenging, stay saved. Live for the Lord. During that time when things aren't working out, watch your actions, watch your words. I know you want to strike back when you, you know, she should be doing more. He should be more sensitive. I know there's, the, I know there's a thousand, but I want to tell you, watch. Stay right. Do right. Stay in church. And when you think that there's nothing can be done, I, I'm sure that that's what this couple thought. All of a sudden, God got involved. And God gave them, a, God was involved in the miraculous for marriages. And I've, I've seen it. God is interested in marriages that are missing something and wants to help put them, put things back together. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Holy Ghost is here speaking miraculous marriage and the miraculous I know there's a 
so much. I think, well, marriage is just a, the mechanics of two people living together. Yeah, I know, but when you're saved and both of you are serving Jesus and doing right, it brings in a miraculous God who's able to do things that no counselor can ever do. And maybe you're here and you're watching from online. The pastor's going to pray for you and ask you to pray and say a sinner's prayer. God's touched your life. You'll say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I know, God, that I'm not right with you, and I ask you to forgive me. Come inside my life and ask Jesus to heal me, touch me. I know I'm a sinner, God. Make me right with you, God. I accept you into my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You prayed that online. God bless you. If you're still watching online, amen. God wants to help marriages here. We can learn a lot from Elkanah and Hannah. They both were denied something in their marriage that they wanted. I think every marriage will come to that point. And I know the Holy Ghost has dealt with you. And we're just going to open the altars up. You can come find a place to pray. I know during that season it's hard to keep your mouth shut or keep your words sweet. It's hard to, you want to have actions that are bad. But I know, but I want to tell you, work it through. Love both the wife. Can't just be the husband trying to make this thing work. Uh, the wife has to be nice. The wife uh, has to want to work this through too. Jesus name as we pray as we seek God we're going to sing a song to the Lord God your hand and your touch God be upon Oh your touch God your hand God be Turn it back. 